0: At Meridian Audio, we deliver extraordinary experiences. We create moments that bring people together, forge shared connections and make unforgettable memories. Don't just take our word for it. Experience audio as it's meant to sound. With a visit to our Cambridgeshire HQ, it's the home of Hi-Res Audio.
1: Hello everybody and welcome to The Integrated Home, the podcast that's produced by the home integration community for the home integration community. My name is Jeff Hayward and in this episode my co-presenter Shireen Russell and I will be taking an in-depth look at an award-winning project with the help of the developer EAB Homes and the integrator ARP Smart Homes. Welcome to The Integrated Home. Today, we explore Mulberry House, winner of a Best Residential Property Award in the 2019 International Property Awards, and I'm delighted to be joined by Shireen Russell as co-presenter. Shireen is an experienced account director for the smart home business here at Wildwood. Over to you, Shireen.
2: Thanks, Jeff. For this show, we're really pleased to welcome Peter Warren, director of EAB Homes, the developer behind this amazing project, and Rob Garrett from integration firm ARP Smart Homes. Welcome to you both.
3: Hi, Shereen, How you doing? Hi there.
2: Before we talk in detail about Marbury House, could you tell us about you and EAB Homes, Peter?
3: Uh, Yeah, sure. Uh, So EAB Homes, we are a small, uh, very small, actually, family-run firm uh, based in Beckenfield in Buckinghamshire. Uh, We started off back in the mid-80s. My parents-in-law started off doing uh, extensions and little landscaping works, that kind of thing uh developed and grew over the years uh, till about the year 2000, they did their first new build. We've worked with developers and private clients really since then uh, on either spec builds for them or their own private residences. Uh, the business just grew and grew uh, through word of mouth through the town. I think we've built probably around 100 houses in total now across South Bucks uh, and Surrey. Um, And at the moment, our kind of core business is the developments themselves and also still building uh, for private clients as well.
1: And it's most of what you do around the Beaconsfield area, Peter?
3: Yeah, it is. uh, Home counties, I suppose, probably, I would say a 20 to 30 mile radius of Beaconsfield, uh, down as far as Surrey, uh, depending on what the job is, because obviously we've got the M25 to deal with going down that way, which always turns out to be a far longer trip than uh, you think it's going to be. Uh, but yeah, I, I'd say most of our work is is within and around
1: Beckinsville. Excellent. Um, what about you, Rob? What's your background?
0: So ARP, we're a small, again, a small team, uh, five people, uh, home technology integrators. Um, we're based in Wycombe, Buckinghamshire. Um, so we focus... Uh, on on audio video distribution home automation home cinema uh, as well as doing things like uh, electrical installation um and then my background personally is within kind of networking and security so we we started uh, about 4 years ago um with a with a mindset to approaching home technology a little bit differently um so rather than looking at you know Putting technology in for the sake of putting technology in, we really try to focus on um, what the clients, um, be it a developer or a direct end user, what the, what they want, what they're looking for, and then we guide guide them through uh, the technology choice from there. Um, and then with a real kind of focus, I guess, on the security and the network within the property, which for us we feel kind of is is pivotal to to any system that's um, that's deployed.
1: Okay. Now the project that we're going to talk about today is Mulberry House. Uh we're going to have a detailed look at the development and the role that technology played in the uh in the in the building of that scheme. Peter, can you describe uh, Mulberry House and what your objectives were at the outset of the development? Uh Mulberry House we really
3: wanted to do something a bit different. I know everybody always starts by saying that, but Genuinely, we do try and make each house that we do a bit different. Um, Sometimes it seems a bit marmite, sometimes it plays off. Uh, It's the risky take, really. But with Mulberry, we decided to move away from the kind of typical developer Georgian house. Uh, Went down the arts and crafts route, which is a bit more suited to the character of Beaconsfield anyway. Um, Worked quite closely with the architects. We come up with a lot of the kind of design concepts ourselves. Uh, and they kind of mold it into something that's actually going to work and fit on the site. Um, main core purpose, obviously, always to uh, come up with a profitable scheme, uh, but something that, uh, you know, we would be happy to live in ourselves uh, when it comes to selling. Um, and really, the the focus is uh, on the style there. Uh, I mean, I'm only one part of the business here. My wife, Tonya, uh, and her mother-in-law, uh, sorry, my mother-in-law, her mum uh do all the kind of interior design and dressing stuff um so it was always it was always going to be a case that whatever kind of style they decided to go with inside whether you see it or not the the integration of the technology has always got to work with it as well uh i know a lot of people think it just sits in a box and out of the way but we're with rob we're not just talking about the av so much for us it's the electrics as well how the lights look how the iPads sit on the wall and where they sit, this, that, and the other. So, it's quite important for us that the attention to detail and the quality uh, is really good and well thought out early on as well. Um, so, with that, I hope, I hope, or I think we've achieved it there. But uh, you know, you you always learn and you always think you can do better next time. So, uh,
1: and you talk about it being a, a kind of contemporary uh, space. Um, what, uh, what was the design vision inside?
3: So, yeah, uh, I mean, I focus, I would say, mainly on the outside, but I'd say Tonya and, and my mother-in-law go with the insides, and they were very much uh, set on this kind of uh, halfway house of uh, contemporary versus traditional, uh, and it brought a lot of interesting things into it. Um, the The open spaces flow very well downstairs. Uh, the the fixtures, the furniture, the the colours, the the timber, the kitchen style, all the way through. It's quite a blend of contemporary and traditional, um, and that I think really was where the focus of the design was for the project, getting quite a traditional style build and look, traditional look uh, with some contemporary flair in it as well.
2: So going into this project, what were your feelings about the value of technology?
3: Uh, <laughs> That's a very leading question, Shireen.
2: Um,
3: obviously, you know this already because um, I've I've made my feelings to Rob as well, quite clear on this. Rob, um, I started from the beginning a little bit. Rob kind of stalked me a little bit, I would say, at the beginning. Um, I, our kids actually went to the same nursery and um, I think he knew what we did and he knew that I had a massive disdain for technology. So he... I think probably saw some of our builds beforehand and was like, look, what are you guys doing? Uh, Why don't you give this a go? Why don't you give this a go? And this was kind of like a a very initial kind of conversation. And I was just like, well, yeah, it all sounds great, but we've tried it in, you know, two or three houses before Mulberry. And just no one can get the stuff to flipping work. Um, We built kind of a flagship house for us uh, in Beaconsfield and all the way up until Rob got involved in it. Uh, And he wasn't appointed for the main project. But up until the point he did, none of it flipping worked. Um, And even with the uh, kind of, I would call, very bog standard developments uh, that the other developers do, even trying to get underfloor heating to work off anyone's phone was just a flipping nightmare. Um, So for me, technology prior to Mulberry House, I was just dead set against it. It was expensive. I didn't see the value in it at all couldn't quite work out what the whole buzz was around this home automation thing when, you know, I quite like to just walk around and flick a switch and it turn on. Um, And quite honestly, someone trying to sell me tens of thousands of pounds worth of stuff when I can just buy a 16 quid switch from eBay. I mean, you've got your work cut out for you. I've never been able to get tech to work for me. This conversation is probably an absolute, um, it just shows that I'm 100% um so uh, yeah complete disdain for it and um rob had his work cut out i would say from the very beginning
0: <laughs> yeah i would concur
3: <laughs> your 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 initial meeting with me though it was pretty much like oh yeah we do this we do this and I was like, that's very lovely i couldn't i couldn't give two who's um but you know fair play, fair play to him because he just he just kept on battering the door down um we we did have a company prior that you know we're trying to do it but there i think it's the i think it's the angles that people come at it from uh, and i think that turns out to be the key uh is the is whichever angle you come to it from whether it's networking uh and working with computers or whether you are somebody who likes speakers and sound uh, the speakers and sound avenue I just think it doesn't work. I think you have to know how the stuff goes in and how it
1: works. I think that's what made the difference at Mulberry to be honest. And and Rob, um do you want to describe the system that you then put together for Mulberry House?
0: Yeah sure. So I think when when we first started discussing Mulberry there was there was a couple of things that were evident. One was that, you know, as a developer who is 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 speculatively building a house to sell EAB didn't want to; they didn't want to spend endless amounts of money on on kit, but they also wanted to put in a system that was future proofed, that kind of demonstrated capability in 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 core rooms. So, well, I
3: didn't want to spend any money on it.
0: <laughs> no, this is very <laughs> true. So, when when we were discussing kind of from the beginning things like cabling that are going into the house, EAB were very forward thinking, saying. You know, we we don't want to build something that in two years time the client's saying, well, you know, I can't put this technology in because I haven't got the cable. So, you know, we have in in Mulberry, um, and bearing in mind it was it was built uh, a couple of years ago, we have we've got fiber in there, so we have actual fiber running through to all of the TV points. We've got um, Cat six a cable for video distribution. We've got um, Cat six as well running to all the TV points, as well as uh distributed wi-fi network through the through the property um and and speaker cabling to all principal rooms bedrooms etc um now not all of that has been second fix so in there we do have uh, a savant pro system um that's integrated um to a heat miser heating system it, we have a, a media room on the top floor which is um got 4k projection uh dolby atmos um surround sound um and we've got some kind of um, some basic video distribution as well. So we've got you know a, a, a nice system in there that is that demonstrates lots of capability, um, but it's also scalable. So what we haven't done is put a really small you know savant host in there that as soon as the client moves in and says oh, I want another few TVs, they're going to have to upgrade because I think ultimately EAB pride themselves on providing you know a house that that does what it needs to do, and and so. Um, so that's that's what we put in there, um, you know. Just, this... to, just
3: to come in there, uh,
0: yeah. my
3: my, I think the biggest shock was that all of that stuff actually worked. Like <laughs> even to this day, I can go on my phone. Robbers put a Savant app on my phone. I didn't even know this was possible. I can go into it. I can basically turn the house on and off from my phone, and it works. Before, we had troubles with people just using like a ClipSail or a Lutron lighting system. They'd fit it. They'd go, oh, yeah, no, it's lovely. It works great. It works fine. And then like two months down the line, when someone had moved in, you'd get a call and they'd be like, something's going on with the lighting system. The lights are just flashing on and off. I'm like, it's just lighting and wiring. How can that be? Um, and I'm still amazed, actually, because it is a couple of years on since the house was built, and I'm amazed it's still working. And that's no, that's no disrespect to Rob. But this is how bad we've had it as a firm before. It's just stuff we just expect it to stop working. I'm kind of just watching my phone, waiting for the people who move in. I'm wondering when the first call is going to come in, all honesty.
1: Isn't it tricky, actually, designing uh, technology for a home like this when you have no idea what the the end client might be like and what their preferences might be like? I mean, that's a question for both of you, I guess. But Rob, do you want to have a first go?
0: So 100%, and I think that's where kind of in the early days when we, when I sat down with EAB, it was a case of looking at, you know, this is what's available today. So, um, what EAB are very good at because they have, you know, they've built so many homes is they're very good at looking at spaces and going, this is how the space might be used. Um, and, and so then we kind of turn that into, well, you know, what might we want to do in here? We might want audio, we might want video, etc. And for me, my, my biggest, my biggest kind of, recommendation whenever somebody's building something or refurbing something is put too many cables in because you don't you might not want them today but you are going to want them down the line so let's make sure we put as many cables in the wall as we can because putting them in now is a fraction of the cost to trying to get them in later um so we we very much sat down looked at that we we, we came up with what was uh you know a good really good spec um, much more than we needed um so for instance the fiber optics so at the time 4k was emerging we we knew we could do 4k over copper cable but we don't know what's you know in two three five years time 8k and onwards you know what do, are we going to still be able to do that over copper you know are we are we ultimately going to end up you know with a with a limitation in the house so yeah so it, it is very difficult we we also um, it, just touching back on Peter's point about you know the, the, the this using the system, you know some of the things that we've done which which haven't they haven't used before is like we've done things like creating an estate agent mode. So again, rather than making things all complicated, we have a single button which the estate agent pushes when they come into the house and it turns the lights on and it plays some music. Um, so again, just some benefits that they had through through the sales process. And as well, from a maintenance perspective, now you know they can open garage doors using using the app. Um, so you know they don't necessarily need to go um, with a set of keys. They can put the codes in for the gate. They can use the app, and then they can put the alarm codes in. So you know there's some 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 benefits that they've had during the sales process, as well as um, as well as for the future owners.
3: Yeah, I have to say the the benefit for the estate agents is huge. I almost feel like I'm due some commission back, quite frankly, because. All they have to do is open the door, go in, and press a button it says on um, and having said that, I mean they still manage to cock it up because they'll they'll <laughs> go upstairs and they'll they'll switch the, they'll switch on the lights that are still on switches and they'll walk out and press off down there, but they won't flip and go back upstairs and turn the lights off um, and they 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 do get it a bit more i think the younger estate agents that are coming through appreciate it a bit more and a bit more like wow there's an ipad on the wall look mr and mrs jones it's an ipad on the wall and it does this and you can do this um maybe they they make too much of it now uh we stick an Alexa in as well just for a bit of a gimmick um because a lot a lot of the male buyers that go in there love a gimmick simple as that i know i do um mm. i'm disappointed that our the house that we've got on now, another one in Beckenham, hasn't got an elector in it, so I can't I can't do my jokes as I'm showing the people around the house, and it's not working for me. Uh, but the the sales button is good. It is very very good. Uh, that was probably I have to say one of my favourite things <laughs> of the whole thing. It's such a simple thing, and all the AV buffs that are listening to this are going to be going, yeah, I just like make a button, you just turn it on and off. Uh, but for me, honestly, <laughs> it's so much more than that. It's I don't think until you've had to try and explain to an estate agent how all the tech, the lighting, the sound, the alarm, how everything like that in a house works. And, you know, you stood there doing it for a good hour and a half and they've not even got a bit of paper and pen out in front of them. So, you know, you're wasting your breath anyway. This just takes all that away. So, it is probably one of the best features of the whole thing.
2: That's great. And what role did EAB homes have in the technology design?
3: Uh, so this is where I have to kind of admit that I'm a bit of a dinosaur, uh, unless you haven't already guessed. Uh, but uh, as I say, my wife, Tonya and Julia are far more, I would say, forward thinking. Uh, they, they're they probably far more irritating to somebody like Rob, um, whereas I'm just happy to go along with Rob, whatever Rob tells me because it works and it's fun and it's great. Uh, they are far more forward thinking. Uh, so I think a lot of that came down to them, as Rob says, in thinking about how the rooms may be used, uh, what the buyers might want and making it as flexible as possible. Um, But in terms of a lot of the kind of, I would say more tech side of stuff, we were completely guided by Rob, his experience, knowledge, uh, and that's on everything from just the small power all the way through to the network stuff uh, and then all the kind of bolt-ons, even as far as the cinema goes. Um, And you know, we get a lot of feedback about other people's houses as well because obviously we're talking to agents all the time we know how other viewings have gone um and i don't think uh, many houses other than mulberry and Beachmont, the other one that we've got on in Beaconsfield at the moment i don't think many get as good a feedback about the cinema rooms that we've got in there um probably technically not a cinema room probably a media room um but yeah it's, it's just been brilliant
2: Right, next, let's find out how things worked in practice.
1: AWE are proud distributors of Sony televisions and home cinema projectors, bringing you the best content from lens to living room. For more information, visit awe-europe.com. Peter, so when did work on the build actually commence? Uh, it would have been a couple of years ago now. And how smoothly did things progress? Can you remember that far back?
3: Yeah, it was fine until the AV guys turned up, and then it all went to shit. <laughs> 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 but it was it was it was absolutely fine. Um, I, obviously, you guys are just interested in the kind of um, installation side for the AV and stuff. And um, in all honesty, the the hardest part about the whole thing, I think, for us is the tendering procedure. And I think everybody despises it with a passion to some extent. You know, you've got to do numerous quotes, numerous options. You think you're never going to get there. And then eventually you get there. Um, and Rob obviously had his work cut out on that as well, because, you know, we've never had a proper AV quote even. So that, that was that was as smooth as it could have gone, in all honesty. And then when it came to the build on the site, um, we like to do a spray up first have a wander around um make sure that everything in the room is where we when we see it in real life you know we we still like it where it is um and i think that kind of preparation and spending the time on that each time along with getting the spec right to start with just saves so much hassle um because rob's kind of not going in there then sticking, you know, plugs and sockets in where he thinks they should go, all this, that and the other. And then we walk in there the very next day and go, oh, not sure about that. And Rob's like, well, yeah, but I've kind of, I've cabled it now. And it's a mile of cable from here to, you know, the next room. Um, and we're going to have to do it all again. And it's cost and it's time. I just think preparation for whatever you're doing in life is key. Uh, and I think that's where it all started going right, really, is that we just all made sure we knew what we were doing. Rob was very clear on what he was doing. We talked about program times. Um and you know, even down to stage payments and stuff to make stuff cash flow-wise for Rob uh, work as well. Uh it was all very, very smooth. Um in integration alongside other trades like plumbers as well. Um obviously the Sparkies make way too much of every problem that there is on site because that's just in their nature um whereas the rest of us just kind of get on with it um so other than other than that it was smooth as you like uh and towards the end as well getting the handover packs drawn up uh we actually got a handover pack which was incredible um and uh, i I tell you what i've tried knocking holes in in rooms to get speakers and wires in, and it's all there it's all there It's amazing um So, yeah, in all honesty, it was an absolute breath of fresh air uh, and so much so that we then decided to give him another project. And actually, as of yesterday, he's just been appointed on another one. And I tell you what, as clients go, compared to that, we're a walk in the park, aren't we, Rob?
2: Yeah,
0: you're not too bad.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hang on. Could, Could that be? Could that be our first... Uh, breaking of you've won a job on a on a podcast <laughs> did you know that
3: <laughs> i did i did know of yesterday yeah he did he did and it was probably met with a smile and a oh jesus christ um, <laughs> it, it was it's been some hard work, but again, the preparation the tendering stage always the hardest uh but yeah on site uh always on time, always working alongside other trades and talking to them, making sure what we've got planned in terms of the a v uh, and where it's got to go uh, and then it's going to look right where it's going or what we're going to house it in uh you know all the way down to my ocd uh, i think i think the only thing that we had on the snagging list was stuff to do with my ocd in all fairness in mulberry so i remember a couple of plug sockets that needed moving to line up with the ipad above um and stuff like that stupid stuff like that that's literally it it was it was brilliant
2: So Peter talks about it being very smooth, but would you have the same feedback, Rob? Yeah,
0: let's see what Rob's going to say. No, I think in fairness, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, EAB have got, you know, a a wealth of experience in this. So actually, you know, once you're on site, the site managers, you know, they know what they're doing. Um, I think one of the things that that was a little bit different for them and, and hopefully worked quite well was rather than having, you know, uh, an alarm company, an electrical company, an AV company, um, you know, having to tie tie up all those trades together, we, we, we took care of all of that. So actually, you know, for us, we find that that really helps when it comes to planning and consideration of things like um, plug sockets lining up with maybe you know Lutron switches or iPads. You know because we tend to do uh, a package for developers as opposed to um, you know them having different trades doing those things. We we can kind of we can kind of take care of all of that as we as we go through. So um, so yeah, I mean it was a really smooth process. Um, they are they are very uh, very demanding when it comes to getting in and getting done, but we great work. no but we quite like that because you know there's nothing worse than a than than a build that kind of you know just drags and and takes time you know we we, we're the same as them we want to get it done um so so yeah we it it was it was a we love working with the ab that's um it's um it's it's really um I guess it, oh, it, it's nice difficult
1: word, difficult word it.
0: <laughs> no no it, it, I, I get it, it's nice it's nice when you know the work we do up front really kind of enables us once we get on site to to just roll through the work because as peter said before it's it's really it's all in the planning and the tendering stages and and their attention to detail in that stage actually once once we get on site, there tends not to be a massive amount of kind of unanswered questions to carry on with, so that that really does help.
1: Actually, one question I was going to ask uh, Rob: What factors were important when you selected the brands and the equipment that you selected?
0: Um, so we uh, we have brands that kind of we would commonly go to. Um, we we you know our control system that we use um, typically is Savant um, for for a number of reasons. I think stability. Um, ease of integration and and the fact that, you know, kind of that's where our experience is. Um, so you, things like we get to site and there isn't a drive, we're able to write one rather than having to um, rely on somebody else to do so. Um, and then I think with with AV and, and other bits, it really, you know, we, we do a lot of kind of research, we do a lot of testing. Um, so Things like so, for in for example, Origin Acoustics, we use their speakers quite a lot. Um, we like the fact that they have um, a bezel that goes into the ceiling, and we can put in um, you know the entry range speaker maybe in a development such as EABs because they're not going to want to spend a load of money on speakers um, to sell the house, but to take the speaker out, you twist it, pull it down, and you can put a new one in and twist it, and you know so whether it's a six inch or an eight inch, it all goes in. So again did not write for every you know not right for every project but really what we try and do is is listen to the to listen to what's needed and then kind of guide them based on the technology and, and that sometimes means we have to go and find something that we haven't used before um but we are you know we always try and make sure we put plenty of uh, work into into testing and researching that before it ever goes on to site
2: did you come up against any challenges on this project at all
0: Aside from Peter, obviously, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, um, I, I, so when when we were putting this in, Savant was going through a major release. Um, so I wouldn't say it was a challenge, but there were some new features that we wanted to put in. Um, so we we pulled some extra cables. Things like the garage doors didn't exist um when we sold the solution but by the time the house was built it did so we wanted to make sure that we we kind of looked at the future releases what was coming with that and 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 then you know made sure we allowed for that um there was and little, always the thing over the ipads as well wasn't there because i remember there
3: being a, a bit of a thing about the, the the holes to allow the sound or you know when you're trying to talk through it there was yes a kind of kit issue at, first well, wasn't there, before the new
0: ipads came out yeah that's right yeah the cases there was a, an issue with audio on existing cases so yeah i mean no no real challenges obviously it was the first the first project we'd done with the ab so it was uh very much a, a kind of you know learning how each other works um which i which i guess is is part of any new relationship working relationship with with any kind of um trade for a developer or or vice versa so um yeah, so no, so no, no, no real um, stumbling blocks, but yeah, just just everyday challenges, I guess.
1: And uh, Peter talked about there being no issues with the snagging process. Do you do you want to just talk us through the attention to detail that you bring to the job, Rob?
0: Yeah, sure. So we, I mean, <laughs> Peter does have quite bad OCD, that's for sure. Um, but um, you know, we, I, I kind of just try and distill into the team um from you know from from the minute they join that we try and treat every project as though it was our own house so things like sockets being level things like speakers going into a ceiling and not having damage around them and it, it for me that's that's ultimately um it's very important in any every job we do how, how big or how small because you know these are ultimately people's houses or will be people's houses and and we want them to look as good as they can so I think I've always I've always maintained you know tidiness and, and and kind of the finished job it doesn't matter how good a job you do um when you start the project for instance first fix first fix can be the neatest first fix um, ever seen but if you then come along and you screw the socket on one key or you damage a ceiling or or, or 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 a number of other things, then then kind of it's all been in vain. So, I think for me, the finished the finished article as uh is is very important. And I think you know Peter's Peter's saying is Peter's saying is if it looks right, it is right. And I think that's one hundred percent true.
3: I think it's it's pretty good mantra to live by as well. If you you know would you have it in your own home? But a lot of that wasn't didn't even have to think about it. Uh, maybe partly because you know at the time um we you, you know we we're quite new to the whole av certainly second fix side of stuff but things like in the media room the the speaker covers they're magnetic yeah that's complete so it makes so much sense but I, I was sat there for about an hour trying to work out how to get these bloody things off but um <laughs> it's 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 as simple as rob just go in the extra mile and instead of asking would you like this done we walk in and the speaker covers are the same colour as the wall. You know, now the uh, issues that I've had with other firms in the past, you walk in, you see you've got, a, I don't know, let's say it's a a brown wall and there's white speaker covers on there. And you're just looking at it like there's something not right here. Speakers, they obviously have to be white because they're speakers. Oh, we should have just painted the wall white. But we rocked up to Mulberry when he was second in the speakers and they were on and they were the same color as the ball and I was like oh that's a thing he's like yeah of course it's a thing you can just get them <laughs> powder coated I'm like all right cool yeah that's good let's uh let's keep doing that and it's just stupid stuff like that that I have absolutely no idea about in my little world um that Rob just they just take away the the hassle of it oh in all honesty and it's instead of having to think about it it's already done
1: so all that stalking paid off then, Rob, you, you really did get into <laughs> Peter's mindset. It did, yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> Shame <laughs> about the restraining order, but yeah.
2: <laughs> Were there any other considerations for the media room?
0: So one of the things that um which I guess is related to the media room, we, we like to try and put all of the AV equipment as close to the to the media room as possible. Just, you know, reduces cable runs and, and, and especially things like um 4k video it's just it's just much easier so we chose um there's a kitchen on the on the second floor and we chose that as the location Um, but they certainly weren't going to let me put a standard data rack in their nice uh second floor kitchen so we actually ended up putting a furniture rack in um so a mid-atlantic furniture rack Um, and again, we got some kind of color samples for that and matched it up with, the with the worktops. So, um, yeah, again, I guess just, a a, a, an attention to detail thing, really making it, you know, fit in the room as opposed to, you know, there wasn't, there wasn't really the real estate in the property for us to have a, a kind of rack room, if you like. So, um, so yeah, we just, we made it work in, in, in kind of the space we had available.
1: One final thing, Rob, um, Peter Peter's uh, amazed that it all works um how did you get it all to work <laughs>
0: um so I, I guess I have a my, my kind of background which is a little bit different for this industry But my, my background is kind of IT network security um and I you know I strongly believe the same as same as commercial properties or your home you know the that actually um the network underneath everything you're doing is is vitally important so if um you know if you for instance let's take it from from the line coming in so you have a you have a broadband connection with a with a a router that's provided by your broadband provider now if you live in a you know a house that's has a couple of TVs and a couple of phones that then that will probably be okay but actually when you start trying to stream you know, three, four TVs, and and you've got five or six phones, and you've got all of this technology trying to access it. The the routers just really aren't up to it. So, you know, we we try and build the network um, with kind of robust stuff. At the end of the day, these are you know, if you're you're spending if you're spending a lot of money on AV, you kind of people say, well, that's okay because I'm getting a good speaker. Whereas when you when you suggest to people, actually, you need to invest in in your IT infrastructure in your house, you're not really getting anything for your money that that you can quantify. So I think what we said was, you know, we need to build a reliable network. Your Wi-Fi needs to be distributed through the property. And and actually, once you've got that kind of stepping, you know, that platform for it for everything to connect to, then getting everything to work reliably is is a lot easier. Um so i think you know that's that's kind of where our where, where we start and then as i said before when we're using the products that we're using you know we do try and test them we do try and use them at home we do kind of put them through their paces because again you know if if you if you see something let's you know a new product comes out and you just say well that looks great and you throw it in someone's house the product itself might not be stable so in that instance there's nothing you can do so i think I guess network is important. I think putting the right cabling infrastructure is, in, is important. So, again, if we look at things like CDO guidelines, um, you know, for, for wiring in a smart home, it's, you know, simple things like cable separation from electrical cable. Um, you know, we, if you don't adhere to those standards and you don't follow kind of best practice, then you can't expect things to work. Um, and then just making sure that the products that we're selecting are the right products and, and, and that, you know, they're going to allow us to deliver a, a stable platform.
3: We had, a um, just, just to interject, quite an amusing story. Um, we have a, a private client in Beckenfield who had uh, a media room fitted by a and other. Um, and for, year, for years, I mean, probably, uh, he's got to have been in there three, four years maybe. He's always thought that his cinema room didn't sound as good as it could sound. And we were like, well, no, it sounds great. Look, 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 at, the, look at the picture on the screen. It's fantastic. Um, we had no idea. The, the guys kept coming in. They had no idea. Um, and I think this just kind of proves uh, the whole point about Rob testing and the, you know, having the relevant experience, this, that, and the other. We called him in. One shot. He comes in and says, oh, well, your speakers are behind the screen and the screen's not perforated. And we're like, sorry, what? <laughs> so the guys had gone in they fitted speakers behind the screen and then they just put a standard screen over the front of the speakers um and oh. this this i think is where stuff falls down a little bit on the builder side as well because we didn't have a flipping clue um and it, we wouldn't have even known to check for that in all honesty before it happened uh and then in one fell swoop um we discovered that it's supposed to have a perforated screen swapped it over a couple of weeks after and the client was like oh my god it's like a different room like best, best upgrade he's well, ever had yeah it was, <laughs> it was honestly um but it's, it's it's silly things like that that really 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 make a difference um and where rob is saying that you know if you're investing in your network it's not really quantifiable i i absolutely 100 percent tell you it is because i i kept I get quite irate quite quickly with technology that doesn't work. I can't tell you how many iPhones I've got through um, and uh, the fact that Mulberry still works and it worked first time and I can do everything it doesn't crash. I don't get a blue whirring wheel of death happening at any point. It just works um and you know the the way the tech is is going um it's very reassuring to have somebody um on board working with you that clearly knows
1: what they're doing. I think it's great that you can genuinely say working with Rob has been an education for you, Peter. It has, honestly. Um,
3: yeah, it really has.
2: Um, I just wanted to ask if, Peter, if you find that you are trying to find out more information about technology so that you do have a better understanding when issues come around, or do you now just leave that to Rob because you know? He's got it taken care of
3: um I am I would say a little more interested. Uh, I think the things that Rob's kind of pointed out to us on the last couple of projects where we've been able to better our installation and what we do and what we offer to the buyers, I think it's those things then that I'm focusing on the next one, thinking right, we need to do that again, should do that again. Should we do that again? Maybe there's a different product that we look at this time. um I'm quite into speakers. Uh, as it goes anyway um my background unlike rob who's done something relevant to his field um (laughs) i was a musician before this and um yeah sound is very important to me so if anybody's selling me a cinema room it's always about i couldn't care less about the projector or the screen it's always the speakers and how much my arse shakes in the chair um (laughs) It's it's always about the sound. That's so. a
1: technical measure. I've never seen that
3: one. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's a good way to judge a cinema
1: room. Thanks both. Fascinating insights and uh, some great jokes too. So next, we're going to take a look at how the property was marketed after this break.
2: Peter, can you describe the finished project to us?
3: Uh, finished project. Um, well, it's. It's literally under offer as we speak, um, but the I would say the main thing about the finished uh, product is that, as well as winning uh, a couple of awards, the International Property Awards along the way, um, the thing about it is that it it's just there. And for the past year and a half, obviously, whilst we've been through market issues, now the virus issue, this and that, and we've kind of been hit in the property market, one thing after another. Um, the property has been so easy to maintain. It's been secure all the time because the CCTV has never once dropped out. Um, and it's it's just a dream to market You know, in terms of the AV, because as I said, with the estate agents, they walk in, they press a button, they walk out, they press another one. Uh, and I think it's nice for the people who are coming round. I mean, often when people view, they're coming into the space for the first time, they're not really looking at anything else other than probably the color scheme and the size of the rooms. That's probably all they're taking in. Um, But I think with the tech, the way that it works in that house, it's very easy to show somebody and add to their initial experience and their initial impression of the house because you say to them, you show them, you walk up to it, you say, what's this? Press this, on comes the house. Ooh, ah. Um, And it just adds another dimension to it. So in terms of the marketing, it's, it's, as I say, having this the way it is, is just a dream rather than me having to go to every single viewing and have the electrician on speed dial just because I'm worried when I walk in the front door, there'll be a downlight hanging from the ceiling. A speaker's fallen off. When I press a button, something hasn't worked. The Wi-Fi's dropped out. Um, It's just a completely new level. Um, for us in terms of marketing properties and long may it continue in all honesty.
2: And you mentioned earlier that uh, you actually received some documentation for the project, uh, which surprised you, um, how has how that help to market the property?
3: Um, it just makes, again, things very easy. People ask, oh, is, is there a socket in this room for this, does this room have TV, does this room have Wi-Fi, uh, is there a speaker capability in here? Uh, can we do this um, it, it, at the flick of a button because it all comes across electronically, we can either send them uh, everything so they can see it themselves, or if we're on site and we've got the plans, we can talk them through it. Um, it's it's just a massive assist. Uh, whereas before somebody coming into the house and going, love this room, I see it doesn't have speakers. Do you know where the, you said you wire for the speakers. Do you know roughly where they are? Um no, no, I don't. But now with with the paperwork and the handover pack, I don't have to lie anymore. I can say quite um, convincingly that, as well as them being shown here on the drawing, I bet you within you know ten percent of this measurement, it's going to be there or thereabouts. Uh, I think, as well as making the viewing experience and the marketing experience a lot better, it boosts their confidence in what they're buying and who they're buying from as well. Um, And that's what makes this thing so great is that the tech on its own is great and it makes life easier, but it has a knock-on impact to so many other aspects of the build and the sales process and the homeowner experience down the line um, that if we're not investing in tech these days, we're probably, well, we're not doing our jobs properly in all honesty. And the product that we deliver to the market is going to fall behind pretty rapidly.
1: What lessons did you learn from this scheme, Rob?
0: Um, I think um, for us, it was it, it, every every developer every, every has has a different view on and a different kind of experience with this stuff. And I, I guess for us, it was um, we we kind of we we took the same approach that we take with with kind of all our clients, which is to try and understand really where you know what their experience is what what they want to achieve and then and then help guide from there so um i think we learned that <laughs> there there are people out there that that um are not necessarily doing the right things for the right reasons um you know everything that we've put into mulberry um i can hand on heart say you know is is for a reason um and and I guess for, for us, that's kind of that's always, you know, that's, we, we, we always want to be known for, for doing the right things. And, um, you know, down even down to, you know, putting cable in, which, you know, fiber cable, for example, people might say, well, that's not necessary. But, you know, future proofing something and, and, and making sure that whoever owns the house in years to come is going to be able to put in their technology is 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 really important.
1: Would there be anything that you do differently, Peter?
0: no i think
3: I think it's just being aware at each project you do, because what you what you sometimes forget I, I certainly do is that time flies when you're building houses. A house can generally take somewhere between twelve and fourteen months to build, and where you know twelve, eighteen months ago you were right on the edge of the cutting technology. if you just repeat what you did in the last house, you're already behind um and I think as it's such a fast paced industry um you have to just be aware that whatever you're doing and whatever you're thinking about doing there may well be already be a new way to do it Uh, and so having uh, rob and i kind of chat on and off through the weeks anyway um and again what i'm surprised at is that his passion obviously is such that he's still you know he's looking every day at new things that are out there and you know sometimes it's just a phone call to say oh have you seen this have you heard that oh so and so are doing this or he's doing that what about this uh it, it makes all the difference because when you come to do the next one again you've got to make sure that you're up to date with what you're doing and i think that's the biggest lesson really is that before that we were just repeating x x x in every single house from day zero back when we started doing it uh and it's it's dated um and you know that that is definitely uh the biggest learning curve ever is to make sure you're up to date with stuff that's going on
1: anything you do differently rob um
0: no i don't i don't think uh, nothing that springs to mind i think we you know same same as peter said you know we we took we 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 did a lot of work you know around making sure we were we were doing the right things um um at the time and I, and i don't think you know even 2 years on i don't really think there's any short fallings in 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 the property i think if somebody you know as peter said it's under offer when someone moves in um you know there's they have they have the capability to support everything that's there today so um you know we always i think you go through a project you always you know you always get other ideas and and we try and take those on to the next project but i think in terms of in terms of mulberry uh, um you know really happy with with kind of the finished product Great,
1: and so if there was one thing that you learnt about Peter on this project that surprised you, what would
0: it be? One thing I learned about Peter on this project that surprised me. Um, like chicken wings? Chicken wings and... really likes chicken wings. Yeah. Uh, no, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I've forgotten about that. Actually, oh, I, I'm going to change. No, 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 no. I'm going to change. The one thing I learnt about Peter is the man has the capability to consume an amazing amount of ice cream.
1: Oh, I love ice cream.
0: M- really? more ice cream. What flavour? What's his what's his particular favourite? Any any ice cream. It doesn't <laughs> it doesn't matter, Jeff.
3: Ice cream's ice cream, mate.
0: <laughs> ben
3: and Jerry are like my best mates. It's <laughs> if we if we've had a good project and it's all done and dusted, like we are going out and hitting the town for ice cream and cider. Oh. That's just the way it goes. That is the way we roll. Yeah.
1: And washed there with chicken wings, no
0: doubt. Yep. With chicken wings. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and what about you Peter what what did you learn about Rob
0: be nice um, that he
3: I, I, no I can't say that that'd just be mean um, <laughs> <sighs> what did I learn about Rob I found out that he was stalking me for about six months prior to first contact <laughs> um, I, don't know. I don't know because we've, we've kind of chatted and almost become mates well we have become mates on the way through it um there's loads of stuff i could tell you about rob i don't think it's suitable for this program in all honesty um <laughs> is that right yeah is we, that we, right okay yeah
1: we'll that's leave it we'll
3: leave
1: it
3: we'll leave it there tantalizing thing, rob. i think i think in all honesty <laughs> uh the best way to do it is you know you, anybody listening to this is gonna have to phone us up and invite us out for a beer and then maybe we'll spill um but sure <laughs> that
1: happens. and on that note thank you guys that's that's fantastic
2: Thanks, Peter and Rob, for your contributions. If you want to find out more about this fantastic project, then click on the links available in the show information section with this episode.
1: We're available free on podcast platforms everywhere. And if you're enjoying listening to what we have to say, then do leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Int on Facebook and Instagram at Integrated HomePod, and on LinkedIn at the Integrated Home Podcast. The Integrated Home is brought to you with the support of Meridian Audio, AWE and Sony. We are a Wildwood production.